We're on Zoom with Ron Stork. He's Senior Policy Advisor, Friends of the River in Sacramento. Ron joined Friends of the River as Associate Conservation Director in 1987, became Senior Policy Advocate in 1995. He's a national expert in flood management, federal water resources development, hydropower reform, and wild and scenic rivers. A couple of years ago, we spoke with Ron about the raising of Shasta Dam. We'll ask him about that tonight. But first, we'll talk about something closer to home, the state of the Oroville Dam. Welcome, Ron Stork. It's good to be here. So in early November, the Department of Water Resources released a self-study of Oroville Dam. Their press release said its findings generally agree with those of an independent review board and a regular five-year review by the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. They quote that bothered a lot of us. They said, although no unacceptable risks were found, there are several potential vulnerabilities. DWR said it work is underway to address some of those. At this end, we were highly suspicious of that acceptable and unacceptable problems. We'd like to get your take on that report, please. I um, got appointed to an ad hoc committee uh, to uh, by, by the Department of Water Resources, the owner of Oroville Dam. Um, over the last year and a half, we've had the opportunity to look at the formation of the Comprehensive Needs Assessment and uh, it's it's a thoroughly mixed bag. Mm -hmm. Tell us. Um, we know they were full it, of self self praise and assurance. Correct. Tell us about what is not reassuring for those of us, especially those who live below the dam. Well, they did a dam safety review uh, that um, we are informed by the. Uh, independent review board of experts that could look behind the scenes that was pretty thorough um, and pretty exhaustive. Uh, um, and we can talk about uh, the stuff they caught and the stuff they um, um, have already completed. But your question is, well, what did they miss? Um, the, the, the big, there are two big things they missed. And one is that the um, reservoir design flood, that is the size of the volume of water that Oroville is designed to successfully handle in a flood um, is dependent on the upper end and the higher flows, fortunately never yet been experienced. Um, to, for reservoir surcharge, essentially the water rising above the level of the reservoir and pouring over the ungated spillway that um, nearly failed and caused the evacuation of 188,000 people in the Feather River Basin. That, um, that issue was never discussed in the public draft of the Comprehensive Needs Assessment. It, uh, there was no mention of the reservoir design flood, no mention of any commitment on the department to um, um, continue to meet that um, flood control obligation and duty to the residents downstream. 
and and of course no um, recommendation in the comprehensive needs assessment to uh, find a way to keep the hillside uh, from pouring into the uh, channel downstream and causing considerable havoc, um, including shutting down the powerhouse and, you know, which is kind of the only way out once the mm-hmm. reservoir is dropped to a certain level. So um, they do suggest that it's a, it's a good idea for them to look about fixing this problem uh, that isn't identified as a problem um, in the future in competition with all of the other needs of the state water project. So in effect, the, the folks at Oroville could be in competition with say um, reconstruction of the front, sorry, of the state aqueduct, which is sunk because of over pumping um, by farmers um, along the aqueduct, including farmers who are state water project contractors. So um, this notion of um, we'll consider it in competition is um, is a disturbing one, at least for North State folks, I would think. There was also the other big issue that they would undertake more cost-effective projects prior to some of the Oroville dam needs. That, that raised my ire, uh, thinking that it sounds like they're putting dollars in front of safety. And we know that dollars flowing in from Southern California are more important to DNR, DWR's resources than uh, money coming from the North. Of course, we don't know in the public draft of the Comprehensive Needs Assessment, um, you know, how these projects will compete. Um, I have my hypothesis um, about that, and, and it's actually fairly disturbing. It suggests that they may never get to um, fixing this problem. Mm-hmm. But I have had a recent uh, conversation with the director who has promised uh, that she's going to look at this with uh, with um, sharpened attention. So that's that's useful, but the report itself is is disturbing. The the other issue that wasn't uh, in the public draft of the comprehensive needs assessment is also a huge one, and that is that the um, the standard um, way in which you size spillways in first world countries and even in developing countries um, is to um, identify a, a extremely large flood event that's never in general ever happened before, but for which is very remotely, but still conceivable. And that's called the probable maximum flood. And it's it's the standard, at least if there's dam safety concerns, if there's a dam failure, and there certainly would be if Oroville failed, to build a spillway that um, can handle the expected size of that flood. Once again, no discussion about that 
in the comprehensive needs assessment or in the ad hoc committee that we um, we um, attended. Um, other than we'll get to it in the comprehensive needs assessment. Well, there's no discussion about the comprehensive needs assessment. Um, and the it being that we have seen correspondence between FERC, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, one of the regulators um, and the key regulator of Oroville Dam and the Department of Water Resources, noting that there apparently is a new estimate of the probable maximum flood, um, presumably because of either some recent past experiences in flood hydrology or some projections uh, that things could get worse in a warming world, uh, that the spillway is 120,000 cubic feet per second short of, of um, its, it, what it should be. And, and also that uh, if used, that, this, that is the emergency spillway or auxiliary spillway, the secondary spillway up there, if used, the concrete that's been poured could be expected to experience moderate to severe damage. Now, this is just discussions um, bet between FERC and DWR that somehow or another leaked um, as public information in FERC's um, email or e-library. And um, once again, no discussion about that. Um, and and there, you know, there are consequences to um, having inadequate spillways. Um, you know, most licensees who have an inadequate spillway in recent years, FERC has been telling, uh, you got to fix it. Um, and yeah, it'll cost some money, but it's your responsibility as a dam owner uh, to meet the kind of standards that we have in the first world. And, and it's a bit disturbing that, um, that at least in the comprehensive needs assessment, there's no fessing up to that um, uh, identification of that uh, problem or uh, fessing up to any responsibilities to, to meet that standards. So okay. those are two biggies. I want to get clear on what you said about the is the concrete that uh, you referred to earlier on the supplemental spillway is that the fresh concrete that has just been put down by Kiewit Construction since the 2017 episode? Yes, um, wow. there's two concrete jobs. One is the uh, concrete job on the main service spillway, mm -hmm. which is likely to be uh, quite competent. Um, it's you know they. They learned by their mistakes and poured a f um, expensive foundation, uh, and and they have a much better spillway there, and the emergency spillway got um, some attention too, or really what should be called the auxiliary spillway, uh, because it has to be used in order to contain a reservoir design flood, a flood control flood, um, and and essentially they. Um, they lined the hilltop uh, with some um, concrete and then built a cutoff wall at the bottom. And that's um, more likely to resist um, eroding back into the uh, 
um, lip of the spillway and and therefore fail part of the reservoir. Um, but of course, it doesn't stop the hillside below it from crashing into the river. And FERC was uh, FERC's remarks in in correspondence with DWR were um, that they expected there to be some degree of of well moderate to severe damage if used. That that is the new um, work below that um, auxiliary spillway. Now we don't have any details on that, and and one of the reasons why we don't have details is that in spite of the rather obvious um, observation that um, an inadequate spillway is not something that a terrorist can take advantage of, because it's kind of you know it's dependent on nature. Um, uh, to generate the flood that would require its use. And and that's really beyond, I mean, terrorists don't have control over Mother Nature. Um, but nevertheless, it's um, most of that correspondence is hidden behind what's called the um, um, critical uh, energy informa- in- infrastructure information and otherwise known as CEII in the business. And and so the public, i.e. me, including the ad hoc committee, um, um, don't have access to that information. I'm thinking, too, that the auxiliary spillway should be renamed because, in fact, in the event that the lake is filled to the brim, it's the so-called auxiliary spillway that saves the day. So it it's, might be considered the primary emergency exit. There's essentially th- uh, two spillways up there doing the job of three. And there's the main service spillway, which is, you know, used uh, routinely every three years or so on average uh, to, um, you know, release flood flows that can't be released by the powerhouse which can have its own problems, mm-hmm. um, some of which have been fixed and some of which may not have been fixed. Um, then there's the that secondary spillway uh, that almost failed in 2017. And the first half of that spillway, as in the height of that spillway, um, is devoted to, um, at least according to the Corps of Engineers Flood Operations Manual, um, is to be devoted to maintaining a regulated release of no more than 150,000 cubic feet per second out of Oroville so that it stays within the levees downstream. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's essentially an auxiliary or secondary flood operation spillway. And then the top half of it is to be used essentially when... Um, um, Mother Nature has thrown against you such an extraordinary flood that you have to use it for dam safety purposes, mm-hmm. that you're no longer protecting the uh, levees downstream, but you're making sure the dam doesn't fail. So um, FERC has actually asked the department to reclassify that from an emergency spillway, which implies that third uh, function 
two auxiliary spillway to emphasize its um, function as a flood control um, uh, facility. Mm -hmm. But uh, the department has resisted, apparently, and still caused an emergency spillway um, over FERC's recommendations. And, and still fundamentally, there's, you know, this hillside down, downstream of the hilltop concrete, um, which although is a better circumstance than we had in 2017, is still not a great circumstance. If that, if that pr thing is used to any significant degree, um, there's going to be a lot of havoc uh, from, the hill, from the hillside washing into the, into the channel downstream. Mm -hmm. So the, what, what are the steps that would be taken next? As a citizen, I'm feeling pretty helpless here. FERC is apparently looking out for it. We're, we have to trust DWR to some extent. We can trust Friends of the River to keep an eye on it, and we appreciate that from you. But uh, are there p things we can do to, to protect it, to register our protest, or to... Uh, keep an eye on the reports that are coming forward and making sure that they are sound. Well, what Friends of the Rivers uh, and a few other environmental groups can do is to, because we're parties, we're uh, parties to the licensing proceeding, we can write FERC um, um, identifying the um, deficiencies of the Comprehensive Needs Assessment. And uh, we'll do that as soon as I get some a bit more time uh, of course some help would always be 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 helpful but also um you know uh, cities and and uh, counties uh and their um you know public works people and their attorneys um may have a little more um people power um uh, than the environmental groups do and and could also um make some similar comments so you know you know talk this is this has not hit the newspapers yet in part because i haven't had the chance to to um write my critique of the comprehensive needs assessment and provide it to FERC. so um you know at this point all you all you have in the in the newspapers and in the in the press is is DWR's uh, self-congratulatory uh, announcement of the comprehensive needs assessment completion. I've been a little shocked. Our local paper ran the original press release, but there's been hardly a murmur since then. I wrote a letter to the editor uh, asking people if they feel comfortable having DWR be its own self-assessor. One of our county supervisors called it the fox guarding the hen house. <laughs> but there has not been the out rage locally that I had anticipated. Well, um, this is some a somewhat specialized field. Mm -hmm. um, there, uh, a lot of the information that would be helpful for people to understand um, what DWR has accomplished, what it in tends to accomplish with a high degree of certainty and then what it is thinking about accomplishing with anywhere from medium to very little certainty um, that 
that requires some um, press people to have followed the issue closely and to have, um, you know, have some sources who have also followed the issue carefully and kind of understand uh, what's going on either in front of us or behind the scenes. And that's a fairly small group of people. Um, but the press has, uh, I, I, I agree with you. I think the press is, has missed this one. Hmm. Will your critique be up on the friends website and or available elsewhere? Yep. When I get it done. Okay. Great. Sure, hopefully it'll be done in a couple of weeks. Okay, great. And again, thank you for keeping on that. I wanted to switch topics a little bit. Another equally disturbing uh, press release came out from the Trump administration a little bit later in the month, saying, effect, if, in a sense, going ahead full blast with raising Shasta Dam. The press release that I read was filled with uh, congratulatory and self-congratulatory stuff, all from uh, pretty conservative Republican Congress people said it. They said, this is well. The phrase that caught my eye is that there's an abundance of water in the North State, and now this will be good for the environment, good for the economy, good for farming. Uh, I'm skeptical of all that. Tell us, please, what, they ha what have they done, and what are the objections and the next steps in uh, resisting the raising of Shasta Dam? Well, well first of all, let me... Um, puncture a balloon in the congratulatory Good. Um, comments Good. Uh, uh, with regard to how how raising Shasta Dam is going to bring all this cornucopia of water to uh, the parched fields of Bakersfield. Um, it, it it's a according to reclamation, it's expected to deliver fifty one thousand. 300 acre feet of new deliveries on average. Uh, that project delivers 7 million acre feet a year to the Central Valley, mostly farms and a few cities. So, you know, it's kind of small in comparison to that 7 million acre feet number. So, you know, for 2 billion bucks, you can increase the capacity of the project by well less than one percent um so anyhow that's the that's the uh, context story yes but what has happened um reclamation decided to um do a supplemental eis uh for two reasons two major reasons um it completed a final eis in 2015 and feasibility report. And they're in a hurry to uh, complete the record of decision, essentially the secretary's signature, and for the secretary to make a, de a feasibility determination that the project feasible before January 1st, 2021, i.e. in a couple months from now or a month, a month and a half. So um, that's, you know, they're racing for that deadline. And that's a deadline that um, enables that project to qualify, to be grandfathered in as a win project, uh, um, a special 
um, authorization created by Senator Feinstein uh, to kind of um, get the reclamation storage program moving again. So that's their deadline. And they had two reasons um, to do this. And one was to um, do an EIS that they believe will get them out of at least some of the permits um, that are required, ordinarily would be required that they ha would have to get from the state of California, who by law cannot issue them permits mm -hmm. by state law. Yes. Um, and so, you know, if they get around that permitting requirement, then, then, you know, that's some more permits that they don't have to get, uh, that they can't get. And the other, um, the other thing is to kind of erase the rather embarrassing parts of Chapter 25 of the um, final EIS, which is a fairly extensive discussion about um, uh, the McLeod River and and the um, a little detail that it's like illegal under state law to. Um, uh, to move this project forward. And so, um, and, and that it's kind of uh, got some federal law problems too. And so that was in the, the final EIS that the uh, Obama administration prepared. Um, and that was, that was just too much. So they decided to uh, rewrite that section um, to um, eliminate um, many, but not all, of the um, disturbing admissions that had been made back in 2015. And so they did that. And, you know, there was, I think I offered almost 100 pages of comments. I carefully reviewed the supplemental EIS final, and I noted that they had, you know, um, um, reported that they had read those comments uh, uh, and their response was non-responsive, mm -hmm. um, as it was to essentially all of the critical comments. Um, so, you know, we didn't we didn't get a really an honest response. Uh, we got we got the party line from the Trump administration, as you might expect. Is there any hope that a Biden administration might be able to re reverse some or all of this? Uh, well, we'll see. The, um, first of all, the Trump administration does need to complete the process, and the process would be uh, signing a record of decision. And once that's done, um, the Trump administration m m may believe that it can move the project forward. And you noticed that there were um, comments from uh, Republican congressmen who, um, you know, who were self-congratulatory and ex and were looking forward to the project being constructed in either administration, and and the Sacramento Bee um, um, over the weekend also or the long weekend had a story uh, with even more uh, folks uh, expressing confidence that. Um, this project still had a future.
Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, there's there's a lot of of um, obviously the fact that the attorney general of the state of California uh, said the project was illegal, went to court saying it was illegal, is going to be a political impediment for the Biden administration and for the future junior senator of Mm -hmm. California, who who may or may not be um, sympathetic to Senator Feinstein's general... um, uh, friendly attitude towards uh, new dams or expanded dams in the state of California. So we'll have to see um, what our what our Senate delegation wants to do. It is clear that um, Congressman Huffman, who at least in this Congress was the chair of of Reclamation's authorizing subcommittee, um, is opposed to the project, um, if only because it's illegal which is a good reason after all, um, and uh, has not been a friend of it in the House. So we'll see. And, and they may be playing a long game here too. I mean, Westlands especially knows how to play a long game and they may figure that Biden administration is just a four-year blip in, the, in their progress um, on this project. We're on a bit of a short time leash tonight on Ecotope. Really want to thank you, Ron Stork, for being with us. Maybe we could chat again in January when there's more news on on both of these projects. Your critique will be out, as well as getting some thoughts about what happened January first with the Trump approval. Our guest has been sounds good. Okay, Ron Stork is senior policy advisor, Friends of the River in Sacramento. We'll post their website on our website, but do just check it out. Google. Friends of the River Sacramento, and you can keep up with a lot of it. Thank you very much, Ron, for being with us. You're welcome.